Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yo, 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 yo. What's up? It's your host, Raji, at the Icon Life Chop Shop. Talking about all things women's football today and the LFL experience with my co-host, the electrifying running back from the Seattle Mist, Dominique Malloy. We had to take it to the trenches with the Nashville Knights Center, Austina Melberg, and the girl they call Dream Big Six. She runs Chris Browse. She knows how to take DBs up top. Leilani Lopez and the field general, as usual, Tisha Winfrey. Welcome to the Chop Shop. Dominique Malloy, can you please tell me, why did you start playing football? Um, I think that I started playing football, um, I think it just was like innately in me. Like, I don't know what kind of uh, choices or like what plan I made with God, my higher self, before I came into my physical body, but ever since I can remember, um, I've been playing football. Uh, when I play, when I, it started when I was uh, in elementary school, and um, I used to play football every day um, at recess with the with the boys, um, and it just never stopped. <laughs> and uh, I remember thinking um so I ended up playing when I was in seventh and eighth grade um but uh it ended up being um so in elementary school um it wasn't a team it was just playing with kids and I just loved it the love the passion for the sport then um in sixth grade I played pop Warner football um and that really opened my eyes like oh shoot like this like I want I need to do this like I used to actually go to my brother's football practices so that my mom she worked two jobs so that she could pick me and my brother up at the same time. And I'd just be there watching them, and I'd just be in my in my mind thinking, like, I want to do that. I just want to do – I don't – I see it, and I just – out of everything I've seen, this is where I need to be. Um, and then I played – I moved to Perump, Nevada from Seattle in seventh grade, and I started playing football for middle school. And um, I just loved it. Um, then when I went into high school, I stopped playing – mostly because I didn't grow until I was a sophomore in high school, so I was really little going into high school, and it just, talking to my mom, it just didn't seem like it would be the best move for me, um, so I ended up playing soccer, but I remember telling myself, like, if there was a women's league, man, I'd be the first one to sign up, and um, now fast forward to where I'm at now, uh, I found the LFL, um, and before the LFL, I didn't know about a women's league until someone introduced this league to me and so long all that I say all that to say I play football because I just feel like it's who it's who I am like something about it every time I watch it every time I'm playing it every time I'm practicing I just want to I want to just do it I just love it I want to see how much I can expand I can see want to see how much my mind and my body connection can be it just 
it's just love, I guess. <laughs> well, you can, de- you. You, can def- you can definitely tell that you love the game uh, by the way that you play. Thank you so Austin. much. That means a lot. Austina Melberg, how do you feel about why do you play football? Um, so I don't have as much of a backstory with it as uh, Dominique does, but um, I grew up obviously with a uh, father that was um, a coaching figure and somebody who loved the sport. And um, I didn't have, I'm from California and from a little town. Um, we didn't have as much opportunity for girls to play the sport. Um, we didn't have a lot of flag going on or anything. So I played basketball most of my life. Um, and then you know, a couple years ago, I got hit up by um, the owners of the National Knights team for the LFL, and they invited me out to a tryout. Um, and immediately right off the bat, I fell in love with it. Um, the full contact, the aggressive side of it, but also the fact that we got to keep it feminine. Like, we're girls out there. We're not trying to be dudes, and we get to play the sport, you know, just as hard as they do. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, it, it was amazing to get that opportunity, but then once I got into it, it was also like, man, this is so much bigger than me. It's funny because, you know, Dominique and I actually played for a season together, um, and she had these shirts, and on the back of it, it says it's bigger than football. And, man, like, when you get into it and you see, like, what you do for young girls around you or women around you and how much it just opens their eyes to, like, all the opportunities, not even just football, but they see that they can go beyond, you know, limits just because of their gender. Like it, it lights a bigger fire up inside of me to like show these girls and these women that you can do anything you set your mind to and, you know, forget about who tells you you can't do anything because you're a girl and stuff like that. But yeah, definitely the motivation to set an example for others around while also falling in love with the sport. I mean, it's just, it's absolutely breathtaking, and I'm so happy to have had the opportunity to play this sport and especially, you know, be able to break barriers at the same time. Leilani Lopez, you're up next. Why do you play football? <laughs> uh, I mean, I started playing football when I was uh, just a kid, uh, and it was kind of unintentional at first. Uh, I played sports with my younger brother. I'm the oldest, um, and he's two years younger than I am. Um, but my dad and my uncle naturally, you know, wanted him to play football. And since I played everything with him, I was right there learning just like he was learning. And because I kind of showed some talent and they were surprised, um, they put me in flag with him. So I played flag football at six years old and started learning. And, you know, it, when you're just a kid, you're just running with a ball. You're, you're, uh, you're learning the game itself. But um, I was just having fun. And because, you know, um, I was always always pretty much the only girl. I think that's most girls in football now, like when you hear their story, um, just one of a few girls that would play football, especially uh, starting out young. Um, I received a lot of attention for it. And, you know, that <laughs> I enjoyed the attention. So because I was playing well, I just wanted to continue it and, and show that, no, I can play too. And my uh, competitive edge came from wanting to be better than boys. So I would see, you know, boys getting attention. But as soon as I was out there with them and, you know, making catches or running just as fast as them, um, it was like, whoa, like this girl can actually play. Um, and so that kind of started driving me to keep wanting to play. And so I played 
up until about middle school. Um, <laughs> but at that point, you know, I'm, I'm a small frame. I'm a petite person um, already. So as a kid, my dad was just like, no, like you're not about to play tackle or get into any of that. Like you're, you're petite. You're going to get like crushed by these older or these boys that are you're the same age as you, but just bigger. Um, and then, I mean, considering the fact that I would become a woman, you know, I have, have women parts. So she, he was just worried about that and didn't want me to, to get hurt. Um, but I played other sports. And then when I, uh, when I got a little bit older and got to make my own decisions, I started playing recreational flag here in San Antonio, uh, met some girls that were better than average, which I was like, whoa, like felt connected to. Cause I was like, man, like I don't meet very many girls that are good at football. And I've always been interested in, you know, getting better and, and, uh, performing, I guess performing at a higher level. So what's this about? Um, talked to them, found, uh, uh, I guess the team was here in San Antonio was called the Cowgirls, uh, but they, they, it was just too expensive. Financially, I couldn't do it. So from there, I just worked, and then the LFL came into play, um, and I saw that as an opportunity. At the time, it was the highest level of football for women, and, I, you know, I, saw, I seen the YouTube uh, videos, and I was interested and intrigued, and I was like, yo, I think I could do that. Like, I'm competitive. Like, I want to play. This is what I've been wanting to do. Um, and then that's how I fell into the LFL. And then along that came up into other football leagues, met more people and, and I play more flag these days. Um, but yeah, that's how I got into flag. And I, and I, I honestly play just because I'm competitive and, and I enjoy it. Now, the one thing that all four of you ladies have in common is you all have experienced the LFL. Uh, some of you have won championships. Some of you guys have been to, uh, finals. Can you please tell me about your first game experience in the LFL? Tashay, I'm gonna let you start this one off. <laughs> well, um, definitely my first game experience was was definitely out of the ordinary. Um, one because I was playing in something that I never played before. Like I'm, I'm always the type of person that literally I'm covered up at the beach, so I have to play in, you know sports bra and underwear I wasn't familiar with. So it literally took maybe like just right before the game for me to even take my sweatpants off. It was just like, T, you got to take your sweatpants off. It's uh, media time. <laughs> so it was just like, all right, let me let me go ahead and do that for you guys, I guess. Um, but, I mean, once I got on the field and um, I remember like, it's, like it was yesterday, uh, our first game was actually against Seattle Miss. And at that point they had just won the championship. They were the team pretty much. And we were a brand-new team. No, uh, Everybody on our team was brand-new. Like, we never played in the LFL before. Didn't really know too much about football. And uh, we played in the Seattle Miss home arena, which is, if anyone else, just like the Seahawks. Uh, their crowd is extremely loud to the point where you can't even hear yourself think. Um, so I remember being a quarterback, um, you know, first time playing, not really knowing too much about the game, not, not knowing the experience. I remember trying to uh, hike the ball. So I, I called out to my center. I'm like, hut, you know, like, hut. And she just looking at me, and we just looking at each other, and she didn't hear me. <laughs> and I was just like, uh, oh, this is going to be a long game. So uh, the crowd was so loud. But just to go out there and actually see the amount of people that were sitting in the stands, it was just, at first it was overwhelming, but at the same time, you're so happy that you are a part of this, you know? Um, and... I remember us getting a you know a clock violation and pretty much having to figure out on the on the fly like how are we going to snap this ball because you're not going to be able to hear me <laughs> and the vibration she actually felt me and and we made it work some type of way but 
you know, just getting that opportunity to, you know, be out and play in such amazing arena, such crazy fans, and, you know, finally getting to move the ball down the field, and especially when we had our first touchdown. Like, our first touchdown was just so excited. Like, you hear all, even the fans, they were cheering for us. And, like, we're first team, like, this is our first touchdown. And we were excited because we were like, we just scored on Seattle Miss because they were literally stopping us at least seven out of ten times. So it was just like, just that experience itself was just amazing. Like, and I, I love it. I'm not going to lie to you. Now, now, now Dominique, uh, one thing she mentioned was Seattle. I know that you played in Seattle, but I think that your first stop, your first run-in with the LFL was in Las Vegas. Uh, is that right? Yeah. Now, can yeah, you tell um, me a little bit about that experience? Um, my first experience um, when I, uh, I was playing with the Vegas, the Las Vegas team, and um, I don't, I guess it was, it was, it was cool. Um, I, 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 um, sorry, I'm kind of lost words because I don't really know how to put it into words. Um, when I first, when we arrived, I didn't really have an expectation. Like I didn't think, like ooh, I mean, I did want to win. I didn't, I did not think we weren't going to win, but I didn't have, I was just kind of open. So my, in my emotions and my energy was kind of neutral. Um, and when I got there, the first thing we did was go into the locker room. And I thought it was real cool because they gave us, like, team gloves. And I was like, wow, this is cool. And um, then we walked out to, like, do walkthroughs and stuff on the stadium. I think the first game we played Las Vegas – I'm sorry, Los Angeles Temptation. And it was like – it just felt really – felt like an honor to be on the field. Like, it was just – I don't know. I can't really put in the words. And then after, once the game started and everything started popping off, we didn't end up winning that game, but it was so fun. Like, it was just fun to finally, all the practices that you're having and you finally get the opportunity to put it into fruition. It was um, very exciting. Um, And at the same time, just like in awe, I guess, like, yeah, I was just kind of present. I was real present. It was it was fun to be able to play football. And kind of like Leilani said on the last question, um, at the time, from my understanding, LSO was the highest level of women's football, and that's what I wanted to do. Like, I wanted to play with the most elite women in the world, and if this was where it was at, then that's where I'm about to be at. And it was just, yeah, it was it was fun. It was fun, and I was present. Now, now Austina, you said that you and Dominique played on the same team, which uh, is the Nashville Knights. And that year, you guys, your first year, and I believe Dominique's first year with Nashville, uh, only year with Nashville, you guys uh, turned out to have a super team. I know this because y'all punched us in the throat week one when Austin came to town. Tell me a bit about that. Tell me a little bit about that experience because I can tell you the arena was, it was packed. Uh, The atmosphere was, I mean, it was electric. Tell me, tell me what you felt that day. I mean, definitely going from, you know, the two different seasons playing against Austin. um, And obviously I went from being second string my first season to 
starting and also a team captain. I mean, it was just, it was insane. Um, and especially like the, the first season, you know, learning under people like Dami. I mean, like Dami, just like every time I watched her, watching her freaking sprint down the field while we're doing the route tree. And I'm just like, oh my God, how did somebody get made move that fast? And just, you know, and also like just, you know, her vibe. She's a great person. I love her to death. Um, but like getting to play under these players that have been in the league for years, you know, and getting to watch them the whole entire first season. And especially when I'm obviously, like I said, I don't have a background in playing this sport, um, but getting the opportunity to and playing with, you know, the Stevies and the KK Matheny's and, you know, like all of them having your, you know, being your mentors for the whole entire first season, you know, you, I mean, you got to step up. You can't go, you can't go into your next season being mentored by all these amazing athletes, you know, and not step up to that level. And, um, you know, I took my entire off season really focusing on being a better athlete. Um, you know, I dropped 25 pounds to be able to play better, you know, even and move better um, from first season to second season. And like I said, just, you know, just walking out into that arena for the second season and just actually feeling that and kind of, it's like a sense of responsibility falls on you for all of these people on top of your team. And if that doesn't give you an adrenaline rush, like I don't know what will, because it gave me the biggest adrenaline rush I think of my life to be able to, you know, one realize that I get to play the sport, but two, like, I mean, I, I have the opportunity to, give it a shot all over again against the same team, some of the same players, you know, and give it my all and just kind of see what happens and go from there. Now, um, Lonnie, when we talk about the LFL experience, I, I followed you, I followed your, your career. And I know definitely your first year, the numbers, you didn't have as many catches as you had in year in year two or was it year three? Tell me what it was like uh, for three. you. Yeah. Tell me, tell me, tell me what it was like from year two to year three in that transition. What was that experience like? Because you went from being virtually a ball control, a possession receiver to a big play receiver. Um. I think, uh, I mean, it came with a lot of growth for sure in, in the coaching. Um, but my first year, man, I threw up before every game. <laughs> I was nervous. I was excited. Uh, I promise you, man, like if I didn't throw up before a game, something was wrong. Um, but so I, I did. I uh, I had the nerves. I, had, I was anxious. Um, and that very first game, um, I didn't know what to expect. And honestly, I didn't follow anybody. I didn't know who, who was on what squad, uh, who the high caliber athletes were. If anything, I was looking for it to be, like, my time to shine. Like, all right, this is what I've been wanting to do for so long. Like, okay, like, the lights are about to come on. Like, I'm about to go out, and it's time to perform. Um, so that the first season, I feel like it was a, a lot of us played uh, timid, and that's because we didn't know what we were getting into. And, I mean, I would say, like, yeah, I played timid as well. Um, I didn't know certain things. Um, and so because I wasn't completely familiar with the game, like I wanted to be like these other girls that I was playing, it, it I felt like uh, kind of handicapped me. Like I, I couldn't really unleash the uh, athlete that I wanted to be. 
And so with the upcoming seasons, like after that first season, I was like, all right, cool, time to go to work. Um, and I knew what I wanted to focus on. I knew like what, how I wanted to stand out. And so coming into that second season, um, I did get injured, um, but uh, I was ready to just make something happen regardless. Like I wanted to be that go-to player. It was that competitive edge that I've always had. I wanted the attention. I was like, no, like I, I've always wanted to be this receiver. Um, and so how am I going to do that? And so me and Tashe, like I would call her up. She would call me up. Um, we just go out there and practice. Um, we practice a lot. And I think that's what was the uh, the game changer for us in our connection as we grew as, um, as teammates together. Um, and then for that last season, like that last season, man, I was so confident. I was like, man, I already know what's up. Like I already know what to look at. I already know how these girls play. I know what my edge is. I know where their weaknesses are at. And I'm going to harness everything and just give it all I got. So that definitely um, just the growth in the, in the overall seasons is, uh, I think, why, you know, I, I ended up performing as well as I did my last season. Now, um, Dominique, can, can you tell me how important coaching is? Because I know that you've had a few coaches, but one in particular, Michelson, is a standout. Uh, in my opinion, he might be one of the best to do it in the women's game. Uh, what was how important is it to have a good coach? And tell me about the experience of actually coaching. I mean, playing for Michelson. Well, I think some uh, a lot. Uh, I think the root of so good coaching is, I believe, very important. You know, just as a person, you know, you're always being influenced, and you hope that. The person that's um, the head of whatever you're a part of is influencing you, not only just to be a better person, but to be to um, support you, nurture you, and challenge you to be um, to actualize into the best athlete person being that you can be while you guys have that time together, however long it is. Um, and I think some. I think attracting a good coach comes down to you first. What what you got? What do you got going on in you? Because I've had coaches in the past that I can evoke um, that type of coaching I need to help elevate me to the next level. But that same coach, you can observe in how they're treating somebody else, and it's not they. For some reason, those two people don't co-create the same positive experience. Um, and I could say uh, I'm I'm very I've, I very much believe in having somebody that um, has your best interest, not just the interest of like their ego or something like that. Um, I I didn't evoke a positive. I didn't evoke. I didn't evoke the type of coach I needed from Coach Michelson. Um, and uh, so I can't really speak on the influence I received from him. Um, he had great plays, and his heart was everybody. I believe everybody. Um, his heart was in a I good place. Everybody. Yeah, but and I believe everybody's well Um. Yes and no. He helped me become a better receiver, but he. But when I got went 
to Seattle, it was my understanding that I was going to be a running back. And like I said before, I the person or the receiver, the athlete has a cooperation in it too. It's not just the coach. So I don't know what my energy was like going there. I thought it was positive, but for some reason it was like it wasn't. It was, I wasn't getting, like, I really thought, like, this is the highest level of women's football. I, I went to Arizona State on a track scholarship, and I ran. We won nationals, and I'm not trying to compare it as far as, like, what's better or best, but coming from an institution that had a certain standard in the way that the coaching staff and the way um, people operated, like, it wasn't this. Granted, we weren't getting paid in the LFL, so I can understand it's hard when you're not getting that type of resource or support, but um, – I didn't, I, there was, I, I, yeah, I can't speak on, it was, it was great as far as good plays, and I became a better passer, I mean, I became a better receiver, because that's mostly what we worked on, was routes, and um, I really can't speak on too much else, uh, as far as Coach Mike and, and, and coaching, because it wasn't, the influence wasn't in the way that we needed, and it wasn't always fair to every person. Sometimes there's second string going in, and they're not getting the same attention as the first string. So as far as forging for women's empowerment, that wasn't something I observed. There, I didn't observe that actually at all, <laughs> to be honest. But winning was the thing that you had to do, what you had to do to win, and you committed to something. I'm an actor. I made a commitment, so I followed through. And in in full transparency, uh, I'm going to let Lonnie follow that up because uh, just so that you – just so you know, you know, like I'm sure your story and Lonnie's story might match up Uh, just a little (laughs) bit. Just a little bit. Lonnie, how important is coaching and how was actually how was how was it playing for Mike? Uh, uh um I mean coaching is super important. I mean, uh if you're trying to be a high caliber athlete, like you want the best coaching possible. If, uh, I mean, when you go into college, um you're hoping to get or you're not even hoping, you're expecting to get somebody in your face, like somebody holding you accountable, somebody that, you know, uh making you the best athlete that you can possibly be, um, no strings, or no, like, no cap on that, you know, like, when it comes to uh, Mike, for me in particular, um, I didn't see that, like, I, I wanted to be a high caliber athlete, and when he came in, like, at first, you know, I was like, okay, he's making some changes, because granted, our, my first season, we had a, a different coach, um, a different head coach, uh, but going into my second season, you know, he he was uh he was different, you know, and and I liked different at first, and then I realized like, no, nah, like I want more, like this is enough. I want to be challenged, like I I want to learn more, and because I think we just didn't see eye to eye in certain things, it made it hard to um, perform. I guess the uh, it's kind of how do I explain it? Like I wanted to be. Um, great like I still do but I just didn't feel like I was getting the right type of coaching and and the right type of accountability the challenges and so because of that you know it was hard it was we were butting heads at, at for a little bit almost to the point where I almost didn't even make the squad that year um and and it hurt me um and so when I spoke to him about you know the things that I, I was concerned with that's what you know 
kind of hurt our or definitely hurt our relationship and and for that season it was always uh, uncertainty of what was going to happen but um throughout the time I think just testing him on his coaching um not to be you know spiteful or not to be ugly it was just like yo like we all want to play very well we want to set the tone like and and I want more and going into that last season it was just like all right well you know what you know we both knew like each other a little bit more so we're able to just lock in and just get over it and and work for the team for each other at that point and and get over our uh our own I guess I don't want to say selfishness but our own whatever we were going through so after that I mean coaching is very important and very vital um especially for athletes that are are trying to level up um and want to do more in the game um because it's bigger than us it definitely is bigger than us uh when it comes to women's football now now to Shay, I'm gonna let you follow up because I want both sides of the coin because I know that you and Mike have a fantastic relationship so tell me a bit of how important is coaching to you uh when it comes down to women's football. Well, I definitely believe that coaching is extremely important. Like I said before, I mean, and Lonnie said before as well, like our first year coach, I learned absolutely nothing about the game of football. Um, it wasn't until um, I actually got a chance to work with Michael Vera and uh, Matthew Washington that I was able to become the quarterback that I'm still in, in training of actually being like, they taught me the game of football from a quarterback perspective and also just taught me the game of football in all general altogether. Like, I can't even put into words the, the the things that they've actually taught me and the way that, you know, it made me look at the game. It's not even our game. Like, I'm able to, you know, now look at an NFL game now and actually know exactly sometimes what will happen before it even happens or who's going to go to, who the quarterback is going to go to, you know, uh, just by reading the field and stuff. So, I mean, I have a different, of course, I have a, a different, you know, scenario in in that case um but it's definitely evident on the type of coaches that are successful in in all of the leagues like if they actually take the time to teach their players just like you know Mike said I'm not sure about Michaelson but I know Michael Vera definitely broke down everything for everybody that was on their team like I know a lot of girls didn't know anything about football but just after understanding the game everything else became much easier so I think that when you have a coach that actually teaches the game versus a coach who just expects you to know because they've been playing it, it makes a great deal of, of difference. Um, that's just my opinion. Okay. And, and at the end of the day, like, once you have those types of coaches, like, it motivates you to actually, you know, want to be a better player, want to be best for the team, and want to actually play for them. So, like I said, that's just my my experience with it. Yeah, I no. uh, if I could just add in, add in real quick. Uh, sorry, no. Um, it's just because um, I think when it came to coaching, like I had my receiver coach, you know, and that was a little bit different for me as a head coach. And because the head coach was more quarterback coach, I think that's why um, it was a little bit different relationship between uh, he and I, uh, when I and Michael Vera. Um, so kind of moving along, like my expectations obviously were a little bit different. Um, but not to say like, you know, like – Tashay's relationship with him like I know the, the team learned certain things but I think there were just at times like a certain push that uh, I was looking for for the squad um, and accountability but all right that's my piece oh, no 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 hey man I, I want to and hear I, it actually, all. I, I actually want, I want to I actually piggyback um I actually want to piggyback off 
Leilani too, because that's the same for me. I would say um, I think as a running back, like even in, when I played for the Vegas Sin, my coach, uh, Willie, um, he came from Omaha. And he actually played running back in college and I think semi-pro, if not professional. So when I was with the Vegas Sin that first year, I think why the trend – I think why me going into – I think it being more ease for me and me moving to the next level athletically was um, supportive for me was because he was a running back and we did a lot of running back drills. Um, moving to Seattle, um, we didn't do running back drills. We, because he's a quarterback, he mostly did things to throw. Position specific. He had a certain way, yeah, but uh, but he has he did teach a lot of people a lot of stuff. I wouldn't take away from what he has given to the sport, just kind of like what Leilani was saying, going to the next level. Um, there's a next level that I felt like we could go to and also a way of treating each other. Like it doesn't have to be like life or death or like, like it didn't have to be as extreme as sometimes it was. There's a way to challenge and uplift. And then there's a way of like to where it's starting to get detrimental to people's like just well being. like, <laughs> all right, bro. Like, Thank you, Coach, but oh, yeah. now you're not a coach. Yeah, he, Mike almost made me quick play. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? So I just wanted like, to yeah, say I might I not even know. play. <laughs> wow. Hey, now, now, Austina, you have you, – you had – I'm going to say you had a little bit of Michelson, but you had some Brace. You had some Danica Brace. And you had uh, Yuri Howard. Tell me about those three coaches and and how good it was or what the expectation was for them. So, obviously, you know, right off the bat, we did not expect to have Chris Michelson show up um, as one of our mentors and coaches. Uh, we expected Danica Brace. She was kind of a headliner for us to want to come out and play specifically for the Nashville team, you know, having a female coach that's already played in the league for nine years. Um, obviously with a Legends Cup team as well. Um, so the, the amount of pressure um, just to come up and be under the advisory of such a strong, influential woman in the sport um, was crazy. But then Yuri Howard definitely brings in um, this aspect of a man who has played the sport for years. He's coached it, you know, from so many different levels. Um, but he was definitely a, a lineman's coach. Um, when I had questions about, obviously, my position uh, playing as both center and defensive end, Yuri was my guy. Um, and he was absolutely amazing. He knew how to talk to us women without making us feel inferior or less than in any type of way. Um, but he, he understood the positions in such great detail um, that he made everything make sense, you know, for me being somebody who, like I said, didn't have the background in the sport um, and was freshly learning. I've been around it. I watched it my whole life, but to get out and play it is so different um, and put, you know, your thoughts into action. And then, you know, you have Chris Michelson all of a sudden show up and it wasn't just for like a weekend, you know, he would be out there and then all of a sudden he'd be back again. And you were like, oh, my God, like, we are playing under this mastermind of a coach. And, you know, like, it, it brought the pressure on. And, it, like I said, with the last question, you know, playing under 
such amazing athletes for one, um, but playing under his athletes, you know, athletes that he coached. Um, and then now him on top of that, it makes you step your game up. You know, you, you start thinking a little more meticulously on your job and, um, you know, your position and what you can do to improve and be better. And he was, you know, good at letting you know (laughs) where you messed up. And he was also good at letting you know when you did something right. And Danica was the same way. Danica was absolutely amazing to play under for two years. Um, That woman has so much heart for the sport and she has so much heart to, you know, the women that play and put their bodies on the line um, to be, you know, influences on taking the sport to the next level and making it professional and, making it a respectable sport on top of that. She's always been somebody that I've respected and looked up towards. Um, but she she always had the best intent for all of us as players and recognizing us for our hard work and also putting in, us in our place when, you know, we messed up. And it was, it was the best of, I think, every aspect as far as a coaching um, standpoint, you know, having each and every one of them have our best interest at heart, but also having um, the amount of respect and loyalty to the sport itself um, and creating the best female football players possible. Um, but yeah, just, you know, my, my coaches, I, like I said, I could, couldn't have dreamed of a better mix of having Michaelson out for a season um, and then having Danica Brace for both seasons and Yuri Howard is both seasons. Um, I will say uh, Yuri stuck out to me drastically because if it wasn't for Yuri, I don't think I would have came back for a second season um, because of being a bench player my first season. Um, He is honestly the one that created the player that I was the second season, a starting center, defensive end, and a team captain. And he instilled, you know, so much motivation into me and encouragement um, to push me to that next level. And I think you need that. I think you need the the balance of the coach that's going to ride your butt every single practice until you become the better version. And you need to have the coach that is going to sit there and tell you, you know what, you may have failed on that, but I see something else in you. There's more in you and I need you to just find it. And Yuri was that for me. Now I've watched each and every one of you guys play and one of the things you said throughout this uh interview Austin is that you went from being a bench player to a starter to a captain uh what fueled that play what was the fuel what was the chip on your shoulder um I think the chip on my shoulder was honestly one um playing under such amazing players and I'm not gonna lie um there was kind of like this uneasy feeling that first season of, you know, all these Seattle players came over to Nashville and no hate, this is all out of love, but, um, you know, we're supposed to be building this team from from the ground up and they set this standard and it was like, okay, I need to be noticed because I'm not being noticed. You know, there's these, these players that have been in the league for years and somehow I have to make it to their level within a season. And, um, like I said, during my, my off season after being benched, um, and I was actually benched the first two games of the season, my very first season because of my size. 
Um, I was not ha- I was not at the physical standard that the LFL um, wanted me at, so I was benched. Um, and then I was able to play the last two games of our first season, um, and I took that and I made it my responsibility to be better. I made it my responsibility to step up and be there for my team and my coaches. And, you know, I made a change. And, you know, it was something I was passionate about. Um, It was something I was willing to put in, you know, the work for. And I didn't expect, actually, the captain's role. Um, I actually did not find out that I was a captain until – Literally, they called out the captains for our first game of um, the last season in 2019. And, you know, that was such an honor to see myself go from a girl that was physically too big to play and benched for two games to a girl that gets to walk out not only as a starting player but as a leader. And, you know, it wasn't even necessarily about my own, you know, self-glorification or anything like that, it was, you know, I took on the responsibility of making sure that my teammates were getting what they needed, that my teammates, you know, were pushing themselves to the next level, that they were encouraged, that they were motivated um, throughout me just playing my role as a center or a defensive end or just a teammate in general or a friend or whatever, Um but my teammates motivated me and my coaches motivated me. And if it wasn't for them, I don't know if I, you know, would have taken what I learned the first season and turned it into being who I was the second season, because to me it was two completely different people. Um, I went, you know, like I said, from this bench player and I honestly lost a lot of hope in playing for the league when I was benched for my size. Um, Cause I felt like it, you know, maybe it was more than that. Maybe I, I, you know, I wasn't that good of a player. I wasn't that good of an athlete or, you know, you know what? I was just not good enough in some way, sense or form. And um, I've kind of dealt with that my entire life. Um, And it just, it felt like another rejection. It felt like another failure. And I was, you know, during my off season, I really had to dig and I really had to say, you know what, do I take this as a loss or do, do I take this to heart? And do I turn things around and shut up, you know, everybody who told me that I couldn't or, you know, that I wasn't enough. And I did. And what was really funny was walking out onto the field for the first time and having, you know, Mitch Mortaza completely not even remember who I was. Um, You know, and when you make that much of a drastic change, like that's when I knew I did it. You know, I went from a girl that he pulled aside and said, Hey, no, you're not hitting my field. No, you're not getting in front of the cameras. No, you're not playing for me to, you know, the the athlete that I was that whole second season. But that drive was, out of all honesty, you know, I had to turn my life around. I had to make that choice. And it was for my team and it was for um, my coaches because they built that kind of um, respect for me. And they pushed me to be the best version of myself that I could possibly create. Now, uh, Dominique, when I asked you this question, I don't want to know what fuels you. I want to know why, who taught you how to run that hard? 
because the gift that you have is not somebody taught that mixed with a little bit of natural just ability but where did you find that because most women that play the game of football there's a fear when you run through when you run through those gaps when you run through those holes i don't see any fear i see you hit it full speed and they better hope they catch you after that where did you get that from thank you for asking that um it's like um it's evidence of my um of what's my dreams, I guess I should say, or my desires. So thank you for expressing that to me. Um, I think a little bit of it comes from um, being, I was, uh, I, I mean, I'm only 5'2 now, so it's not like I'm so tall. Um, but before, I was always the littlest in all my classes, so like kindergarten all the way to sixth grade. And until I was in seventh grade, then I was the second tallest person in my class. Um, but I was really small, and um, be, and also I think you know with people's perceptions, whatever other people believe about girls or women, sometimes I would get contrast in the form of people saying, "Oh, you can't do it because you're a girl," or "You're too little," or "No, you just..." And I I just always had this little thing inside me like, "I can do it!" Like, just give me the opportunity, like I can do it. And um, being younger. I, being smaller when I was younger, um, I wasn't the fastest yet. I was just very quick. And so I had to learn how to be strong to get through these boys. Um, and then having to pause my football career, like I said, when I was in eighth grade, um, kind of similar to Leilani, I was little and my mom was like, and I even thought to myself, like, these boys are getting muscles and stuff and for some reason I'm not growing so I don't know if this would be good for me um so let me just play soccer in the meantime um and so uh I ended up actually running track in um, high school and playing basketball and I got a scholarship to Arizona State and um the coach there actually um I think I was in a really good space um and when I got there I evoked really good I evoked really good coaching from him like I can't explain it. Like, he never – it was like Austina said, like that mixture between someone that challenged you but also, like, was kind of a little nurturing, like a, expressed their coaching in a different way that was a little more softer. He, for some reason – oh, when I went to ASU, too, I was the only freshman that came in that year. It was weird. I was like, dang, like, I'm the only freshman spinner. I don't have no one to go through the struggle with. Um, and so that freshman year was probably the hardest – year of athletics I feel like I've ever had in my life (laughs) like it really brought me to that next level in a way like I remember being on lines and coach about like coach was really good about like this is your rest and when I blow my whistle you better be on the line or you're running enough like he didn't there was no this was how it is and this is how it is and you're gonna be faster you're gonna rise to the occasion I'm not gonna let you not that's kind of the energy I felt from him and I remember being on the line like thinking like fuck like I already have asthma so I'm breathing like crazy I'm like he wants me to do what I I remember being online thinking I couldn't and he just be looking at me and you know timing like all right guys you got 30 seconds you got 10 seconds and something about the way we evoked energy together he just pushed me like he just and there was times where I was doing stuff other sprinters were doing um like he really he really nurtured who I was not 
He didn't have a mold and try to make everybody fit that. He saw me as an athlete and tried to bring me to the most actualized place I could be. And I would say a little bit was me being having catalysts that were like, oh, no, Dominique, you can't do it. And I'm like, no, I can. And then a little bit of that ASU coach that just – he really helped bring me to that next level in a way I didn't I didn't know that was in me until it happened. Like um, my friend, my um, we went to Pac-10 championships and I remember I just I won I got second place in the 200 and I wasn't even supposed to make the final and um, I ended up running first leg on the four by four and I ended up splitting 50 seconds and 50 seconds next to my name I never like it it was just more evidence of how much he pushed me and that I think is a result of what you see on the field like I have this burst of force of speed because someone told me I couldn't and because I had someone that pushed me and told me I could um so I think that's the combination of it where it comes from and always and I also had a big brother that I had to catch like he used to always make me catch him so that also that's probably the cherry on top of that my big brother you can you can definitely see uh that somebody pushed you uh the same way you can see that somebody pushed Lonnie. Uh, yeah. Lonnie, I, I have to ask that because I tell you, I've never seen a woman run routes like you. You understand sure, the concept. Yeah. You know how to stem. You know how to stack. Like, you know how to get open. You catch with your hands. You outwork everybody on the field. Where did it come from? Uh, just, I mean, I'm just competitive, you know, like I want to be the best female receiver there is. And I mean, there's a lot of great female receivers, you know, I can name Cassandra Bill. She's awesome. Uh, like she's definitely somebody that pushes me on the field when we play together. But at the same time, like even before her, my, my whole thing is dream big six, you know, like I want to be the best. And at first I would say, it was definitely, um, in a way, uh, kind of like a selfish reason. Like, I want, I wanted the attention. Like, I want to be the best. Like, yo, like, girls can play football. Just look at me. Just watch. Um, but now, like I said earlier, it's bigger than me. Now it's like, well, women's football is growing, and we can play. You know, girls can play, and I just want to show. And, and everything that I do out on the field, like, other girls can do this too. You just have to put in the effort. You have to take the time to perfect your craft, like, figure it out because, yeah, women's on the rise. Like, women are going to get paid eventually. And if I can in some way show what it takes to get there, like, I mean, I'm going to keep doing it. And the, the fuel that I have is, is wanting to be the best, point blank, period. Like, I, I absolutely want that. Um, so that way other girls around me can do the same. You know, like, if people want to get paid like the NFL, but don't train like they're in the NFL. They don't, they're not in the best shape of their life because they don't, you know, train like they're in the NFL. And there's a lot of things missing in women's football that are that's lacking, I should say. Um, and that frustrates me and it upsets me uh, because there is a way to go about it, but you really have to commit to it. And I want to show all of that in the way that I play my game. Now, Tashe, I'm going to let you close this out. I'm going to let you close. I'm going to let you close this out as well as closing out the round table. Man, when I watch you play, I watched you from the first time that I saw you play, which was in Austin, 
at I believe y'all played Seattle. You looked like you were scared and shook in that in that game that I watched. Y'all had on pink uniforms. I'll never forget. <laughs> uniforms. To 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 right now to the Tache Winfrey that that that's in front of me right now. Uh, your poise. You know, you keep your composure. Uh, you you can make every throw uh, when you need to make it. Uh, you're not afraid to run the ball, maybe at times, you know, just a little bit. But uh, but you've grown so much as a quarterback. You know, from pre-snap read to finishing to finishing a game. Where where did you get that motivation? Where where did you get it from? Where'd you get that drive to compete to be to Shea Winfrey? Where'd you get it from? I think uh majority of everything was actually fueled from all the doubters. I remember um my first and second season. Uh first season of course, I mean, I didn't know anything about football, so I literally was just just being an athlete and just throwing the ball. Didn't know what I was throwing too, just knew I'm gonna throw in this area and hopefully she catches it, you know? Um, second season, I actually started getting some coaching, started learning the game, but I still wasn't at the at the, the the point of you know actually learning the game to the point where I can read it before you know read the field uh, before I even threw the ball and stuff. So I still was pretty much just being an athlete and playing the game. Um, it wasn't until my third season, like in the summertime, I remember uh, one of our last games. Uh, Mitch Martazzo was just like, it's, uh, I remember it's 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 went for you a bust. Or uh, or she, I forgot what the other word was, but it pretty much I remember reading that, looking at that picture and reading what it said, and just and just being like, oh, this this is what you think about me, right? Okay, um, so it's it's time for me to actually just prove you wrong. So I literally, like that summer, I called up Leilani, called up Chas, I called up Cassandra, and we literally were on the field. I don't even too much. It ain't, it's not a such thing. We literally on the field a lot. <laughs> like any time, I'm just like, hey, let's let's go, let's go train, let's go train, let's go train. And I made it a point to make sure that all the doubters would know my rap. Um, I've always been an athlete in every sport that I played, and you know, to come into a sport that I was unfamiliar with, like I played basketball, broke a few records in college. You know, even when I played soccer and tennis, I still was like one of the best players on the team, you know, like, but it got to a point where this is football, you know, and I'm an athlete. I can catch the ball. I can throw the ball, but it's different when you actually learn the game. So me taking that time to actually perfect the craft of, you know, getting familiar with my receivers and then learning the game, uh, you know, just having study time, you know, being a, a sponge and absorbing all the information that I received from Matt and from Mike, um, that actually helped me out with everything. It's, it's just a different thing that can happen when you know the game. Um, like I said before, it, it's different between just being an athlete but not knowing the game. But when you're an athlete and you know the game, it just brings out so much confidence that you didn't think that you had. So, with like I said, with, with the doubters and everybody saying, oh, Shays, he's not, he's whatever. Austin's never going to be successful as long as Shays is a quarterback, you know. I made it a point to shut them up. I think I came really close to actually breaking the NFL record. I did break like a, I think like a half time or like, a, um, yeah, half record or something like that, most passing yards. But 
that always motivates me. And at the same time, like, I also have always been that type of person that I don't ever want to make my family look crazy. So I wanted to, you know, <laughs> continue to do things to motivate, <laughs> you know, do things to motivate my, my little cousin and my brother. Like, they always looked up to me as a role model, and I always use sports as just that time for me to be a role model for them. Um, so to have my family and, you know, come to my games and see me killing it, that that was just another another motivation theory for me. You know, like, I don't know if you ever see, but on my on my face I have 6707, and that, that's for my mom. My mom was at every single game for basketball. And I know that if she was alive, she definitely would have still been supporting me. So I used that on top of the doubters and on top of not wanting to let my team down because I know all the hard work that we put into everything as motivation to just kill it whenever I can. And like I said, now like I'm a totally different player than I was, you know, when I first started. Like I said, I didn't know anything about it. Just throwing it to areas and just hoping and praying that somebody catches it to the point where, hey, I'm going to throw this ball to you right now. I'm going to hit you right in your chest, and it's going to happen, you know. Um, but I don't know. I guess that's just my, my, my reason of doing things. Now, uh, now, now my, my <laughs> last question, my last question for each and every one of you guys, uh, you guys can – I'm going to start off with Austina. Uh, what can be done to help women's football get better? Honestly, the recognition um, for us in, I mean, it doesn't, it shouldn't matter what league we're in because, I mean, you've got so many leagues out there that are trying to recognize, you know, us as women playing, but it, it stops at a certain point. So, I mean, just appreciate it for what it is. Don't turn it into something that it's not. And let us girls just play the sport. We're not trying to you know, be men, we're not trying to be, you know, excuse my language, but these big badass bitches, does that come with it sometimes? Cool, that's great. But out of all honesty, we're here to play the sport. We're here to allow women to feel like they can do something against all odds and just have fun. I mean, like, it's it's an all-out blast to be able to play the sport. So if you get the opportunity, enjoy it, do whatever you can to live in the moment and enjoy each and everything you get out of it, whether it's coaching, whether it's the team atmosphere, you know, whatever it is that drives you to play, enjoy it because we don't know where this is going to go. So, I mean, just, just play for the love of the game and hopefully one day somebody will catch it and it will spread like freaking wildfire. You know, we got the WFLA that is trying to play the new or trying to make the new women's um, NFL and hopefully that turns out. I wish every single one of you girls that is on this call right now, like I hope that you guys get to continue to play the sport as long as you can. You know, here in Nashville, our LFL team is completely gone. And I'm not going to say that I am not heartbroken about it because I am. I'm absolutely distraught. Like I found passion in a sport Um that I absolutely love, and it feels like it got completely ripped out from under me. Um, I am signed for the WFLA, so hopefully something happens. But I hope each and every one of you keeps to continue to push this sport to the next level and that it does get the recognition, but mainly based off of just how passionate we are for the sport and nothing more. Dominique, what can be done? to help women's football get to the next level? 
Hi, sorry about that. Um, I had you on mute. Um, I thought I was. I started talking. I thought you could hear me. <laughs> oh no, um, it's okay. I've seen a great we animation, you. girl. I, <laughs> I uh, thank you, sis. I um, thank all you ladies and Austina. Thanks for that. Um, I feel you. Um, I think uh, what could be done is one thing. I just observed. I don't know really too much, but um, so it seems with men's sports that for for years, which they had the the ability to do, they've been pouring a lot of resource, not just financial resource, but resource and support into men's sport that's helped it kind of get to where it is now, to where they're getting million-dollar contracts and they could play at such a high level consistently. I think if women were given the same ample resource given into them, starting from elementary school kids up into professional women's sports, um, I think a lot of that would really benefit the growth and the support that we need Um, because I think women's football should be like, I mean, they have girls and boys bathrooms. I feel like there should be boys and girls football. Like I don't, it just feels like the next natural consequence of moving forward for our generation or where we're at in life as just human beings. And um, yeah, I think pouring some, if, if it is money, I'm not sure what that support would look like, but I think if we poured as much into women as we have in the men, um, especially consistently over time, I think the women would probably raise to the same level, if not higher, and there probably wouldn't be such a major gap. Or I couldn't say there's a major gap because I can't speak, I haven't witnessed all sports and I haven't seen everything, so I don't want to speak on something I really you know, didn't see with my own eyes, but I don't think there would be a gap in, in any, anything as far as women, men, or masculine, feminine, or whatever, if uh, the same energy was given to the female or the feminine energy, like it has been to the male athletes. Thanks. And to Shay, how do you feel? What What do you feel can be done to help get women's sports to the next, women's football to the next level? I agree with um with Dom 100%. I mean, at the end of the day, I think that the whole gender-specific thing should be thrown out of the window. I feel like, you know, women should be able to play football just as I think that men should be able to play volleyball. You know, like once we get that concept out of our head, then everything else will just go into its natural state. But just to make the, you know, women's football more dominant, or not dominant, I mean, I think that what what is actually needed is the product is the most important. Um, once, you know, we are able to find a way to teach the game of football to females, um, then I think it will be much more successful because right now we are in a, in a state where we have so many teams, but you don't have the actual knowledge of the game. So it just looks – you have people just running basic dive plays where, and then you have other teams that are, you know, are, have a more complex offense. Um, so once we get to a state where we can finally everybody get on the same page and know that the most important thing is actually being able to teach the game of football to women and allowing us to actually do what we can do while you teach us that, then the sky's the limit for all of us. Um, I've, I've had situations where, you know, people follow follow me in different aspects, you know, from LFL to full, full pad to flag, 
And the the thing that's the most common is like, wow, like you can actually play football while you actually can reach the field. Like we'll have intellectual conversations about football, which a lot of guys don't think that women can do. And that comes with actually having that ed- education of the actual game and, and, and having someone to, you know, take the time to even do that. Um, so I think the most important thing to, to make sure that, that women can actually be successful is actually being able to provide that, you know, educational time period and being able to put, like, to put that on the field. And once they do that, then it will be more exciting. At the same time, uh, people will look forward to actually, you know, watching the game. Ronnie, close this thing out. Oh, man. Uh, so, um, I mean, I think there's a, a few things that need to be addressed uh, for women's football in order to grow. Um, I definitely agree on uh, just coaching an opportunity. Um, coaching, I think, uh, I mean, we have great coaches, but I don't think it's, it's um, across the board, like every team has great coaching. I think it's subpar um, but I also really like and I really believe that women need to start taking accountability for themselves um, for women's football to grow and what I mean by that is uh, no offense to you Asenia, uh, but passion can only take you so far like you can be passionate about anything but it's the hard work that comes behind it and I feel like that hard work is missing in women's football that people like women just want to get paid and just want like, well, I play football, like watch me, look at me, but don't really put in the work at practice. Don't really show up when they're supposed to, don't have purpose when they get into the sport. Um, it just sounds cool for most women. And that's, I feel like what is um, kind of like preventing women from growing uh, because you go to games and there's competition, but sometimes you see, you see more blowouts than you see competitions. And that sucks. Like that's not going to help women's football grow. Um, And so the coaching is, is definitely helpful for sure. But also I I do believe um, women need to start really understanding what it takes to be an NFL athlete. If that's, what they want to do like what do the NFL athletes do and how do they get to where they need to be it's not kind of showing up to practice it's not oh I'm kind of in shape it's like there's so many different things that are involved to be the best in your sport to be a paid athlete and and I hope that you know eventually that people figure it out but it's not just you know oh you can't just blame the coaches you can't just blame certain things it starts with yourself as well so I think there's there's definitely room for uh better coaching um there's definitely room for more opportunity um and I hope just in time like I mean we we get through it together but it starts with ourselves now ladies I really do appreciate you guys taking the time out of your days to uh sit down and talk football with me have this round table uh again for me uh, the purpose is to help the sport grow um, in a positive direction uh, because uh, I myself coach and one thing that I cannot, I don't like is the fact that people have to take accountability. I can follow up with Lonnie and all of you ladies have played on the highest stage. The reason why I put you guys, I wanted you guys on the show was simply because you all take accountability. If you didn't, it wouldn't show in your play, and that was the reason why I recognized you, is because of your play. You know, like I said, everybody on this call, I can sit down and I've watched countless games. I had to watch countless games because, again, I coached in Austin. 
So that was a part of me watching film. That's how I know Dominique runs super hard. That's how I know, like, Austina, that's how I know you were a backup and became a starter the next year because I had to watch both of those games, both of those Austin games. As far as Lonnie and Tashay, they know what I do on the game plan side of things. But in order for all of us to make this sport grow, we have to get the best people involved uh, and push it in the right direction. But it has to come from our heart, you know, and, and I genuinely feel that way. So I thank you guys for taking the time. I appreciate it. And uh, you guys have a good night. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Icon Life Chop Shop. And to my co-hosts, Austina, Leilani, Dominique, and Tashay. Hey, man, it's all love. I appreciate you guys taking the time out of your busy schedules to get on the show. Hey, fans, be on the lookout for the Icon Life swag. And go follow us online at IWFA Football. Thank you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.